Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Welcome to another edition of the Baby Bowl 2020 here on the Fantasy Impact Today Network. Of course, as always, joining me, Wes Easley, at Loafinit on Twitter, is Rob Norton, the founder of the Baby Bowl. I know that sounds really important, Rob, and it really is. We thank you so much for putting this all together. You can find him on Twitter, at Norton0723. How you doing tonight, Mr. Norton? I'm doing good. How are you doing, Wes? I'm doing fine. It, it does sound important. It has a nice ring to it, doesn't it? Founder of the Baby Bowl, and I, I, I like something like that, uh, especially when we saw Scott Fish, I think, this past week uh, do a donation there for the Toys for Tots at, at his local Target, I believe it was. And so it's really cool to see all the different uh, uh, charity events coming together here this this last uh, part of the, the fantasy football season. Yeah, it definitely is. It's, it's. I saw. I think I saw the same thing that you uh, were talking about, and yeah, it was. It was definitely cool to see. Now with the baby bowl, of course, it, it kind of got extended this week. And when I was going over our lineups this week to compare all three of the lineups, I, I, I went, wow, look at that, look at that name right there. That that went a long way back, you know, in the in my recesses of my mind because that started last Thanksgiving. You know, it it was like a Thanksgiving ago, which seemed like a month ago already. It was a long time ago. And today we just wrapped up today's game, the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Baltimore Ravens, Rob. It was really weird to watch football on a Wednesday. Yeah, it was definitely weird. Um, you know, I kind of caught it a little bit at the tail end of work uh, while I was finishing up some work. And then, you know, once I got home, tried to try to catch a little bit more while making dinner and stuff. And so it was it was uh, it was it was weird, but it was fun. Now, you, you say you were making dinner. And while you were making dinner, I think our next our, our guest this week was kind of sweating it out. And we were talking about putting it together. And we we're like, hey, we still got to play the Wednesday game first, you know. And, and there was some uh, competition for our champion this week in week 12. The champion for week 12 is a existing champion already. I, I said that probably wrong. He's already been a champion once this season. It's Ben C., our good friend Ben C., the Extra Point FF on Twitter. How you doing, Ben? Good, fellas. How are you tonight? I'm doing great. How, how do you repeat as a champion of the Baby Bowl? How, how, do you, how do you have enough players left to repeat as a champion of the Baby Bowl, Ben? You know, it's uh, it's funny. It's, I think it honestly kind of comes down to just having some studs left and, and finding them at the positions with right matchups and uh, just, I don't know, a lot of luck involved as well. I mean, like you said, we're we're week 12 at this point, so it's, it's really just kind of getting lucky at this point. I mean, I wish I had a better answer for you, but, uh, you know, if you can can um, string together a couple of studs in a lineup, I think you've got a good shot at this point. Now, Ben, uh, at the beginning of the year when you joined, did you know what you were getting yourself into with the Baby Bowl all the way? Or was this like something just caught your eye, it was brand new, and you're like, hey, might as well give it a shot, it's for charity? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, Rob had sent me an invite on, on Twitter. Him and I, um, you know, follow each other and whatnot on Twitter. And, and, and I think I kind of gave it the... Um, you know, kind of hemmed and hawed a little bit at whether I wanted to join or not. You know, it's a uh, in in enough leagues, you kind of wonder if if you even have the time for something like this. But um, no, to be honest with you, I'm super happy that I ended up joining. Um, like you said, it was uh, you know, it was fifty dollars to get in, and and knowing that half of that money was automatically going to charity charity was pretty pretty incredible. Um, and at this point, just to see you know some of um honestly the folks that we're competing against, um, there's some uh, um 
you know, some of the bigger names in the fantasy Twitter community have gotten involved mm-hmm. in this thing. So it's fun just to kind of challenge yourself against, you know, 50, 60 other people on a weekly basis. And in this elimination tournament where we can only use one player each and every week, Rob, uh, this is a brand new tournament for you this year for a season long event. You put it together for the playoffs before, but for a season long, this is the very first year, right? Yeah. Um, so uh, last year and in years past, I've, I've done this kind of format for the playoffs. I've never done it on on a site. And, you know, I used to actually do all, all of it by hand. I had a, oh, um, yeah, it was, it was, a, it was a lot of work, but I, I always enjoyed it. So, um, I had a spreadsheet set up on Excel and, you know, after the games would get over, I'd, you know, just calculate the points, put them in and have it all plugged out. And, and then set, once the week was done of, of the playoffs, I would send the Excel spreadsheet out, um, to everyone highlighting, you know, everything that happened and, and so this is the first year doing it on uh, my fantasy league and for season long. Well, they've, they've done a really good job. I know it's it's a little bit of some learning curve there, right? To get to, to get to know what the fantasy my fantasy league's website and everything and all the little tinkering that we have to do, especially in a platform like this or a game a league like this. So it's it's taken a little bit of getting used to, but the, after you get used to it a little bit, you know which buttons to push and you quit getting jelly beans from China as I was getting earlier this year whenever <laughs> I was trying to find the scores. Uh, now, Rob, can you update Ben? Ben won here week 12, and we're about to talk about week 13 after a little bit here, uh, but can you update us on what the overall standings are right now at least the top five i think probably would be a good number yeah so at first we still have matthew mccarthy hanging in there uh his his lead has shrunk a little bit but he's still hanging in there at first place um second place is joshua cho um who's been right near the top all year as well ben jumped into third place um yeah jesse clark is in fourth place and steve howard in fifth place do we know Jesse and Steve? Does does that name ring a bell to either one of you? Because we have that big chat group, and I, I can't say that 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 name jumps out at me, Ben. I don't know, or Rob. I don't know if it does to you guys. Um. So I don't know Steve as well as Jesse. Um. Jesse was actually earlier on in the year. Um. He was one of the first ones I did a podcast and live stream with for for this fantasy season. Um. And he actually. I think he just, or a soon, very soon after that, he started writing for a last word on sports, the same place that I write for. Right, right. LWOS. I gotcha. All right. Well, very good. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. Now, as I looked at these lineups, Ben, and especially yours, I always start with the champions lineup because it's the highest score, of course, for the week. So why not start with that one, right? It's got to yeah, start somewhere. You put up 173 points last week. And I'm serious. When I was putting down these names, I was like, Dog, that seemed like forever ago, you know? You started off with uh, Deshaun Watson. You picked him up as quarterback on Thanksgiving Day, and he put up a big number for you. But doesn't Thanksgiving seem like such a long time ago? Yeah, it it honestly does. It's um, As a Lions fan, uh, I think I noted that a couple weeks ago when I was on with you guys. I mean, you know, Thanksgiving kind of has a special place for us. You know, I mean, win or lose, I mean, the Lions play every year on Thanksgiving. So, I mean, it's it's tradition at that point. And, uh um, yeah, like you said, I mean, Thanksgiving feels like so long ago, um, just at this point, I mean, the fact that it's almost a week ago now, but, uh, 
but yeah, I mean, it doesn't, it feels like it was a lot longer ago than that, that we were watching um, the Texans put up, what was it like 41 points on the lions? I mean, heck they had a different head coach at that point. So it's, uh, <laughs> it's a lot has happened since that beating. <laughs> Yeah, Deshaun Watson and Brandon Cooks, you you pieced them up together in your baby bowl lineup. They kind of ran uh, the head coach for Detroit out of town. I I, I want to know your feelings on that as a Detroit Lion fan. I'm sure you're pleased. Yeah, um, it's funny. I I feel like I'm taking this uh, this one a little bit more personal. Um, Matt Patricia was somebody that when he got brought in, um, I, I think I kind of hitched my wagon to as a fan. I kind of had a lot of faith in him, especially comparing with uh with Bob Quinn who was the GM um both coming from over from New England um unfortunately that that tree has had a lot of bad apples fall from it and uh I mean I guess you know as a fan you always have that um you know the endless optimism kind of hoping that your team's going to be different so kind of had that feeling with with those two and it just certainly hasn't worked out and based off of all the different you know things that you've seen come out from former and, and even current Lions just kind of speaking to that regime and kind of how they handled things. It's just, uh, it kind of almost upsets you a little bit that, that they were doing some things behind closed doors that just were, were rubbing a lot of players the wrong way. And kind of at this point, it's almost a bit of a good riddance, um, especially posting 13 wins and, you know, three and a half seasons or whatever it was that they were here. Yeah. And, and you're right. The way the past players put them on blast was really a, a unique situation. Usually just that stuff usually stays in the house a little bit and it's water under the bridge. But some people were carrying some uh, vendettful uh, tweets around in their pocket and they couldn't wait to put them out there on Twitter versus seemed like uh, Rob, you were able to pair up. You put cooks in your lineup as well on that Thursday and you made a little boo boo last week. <laughs> Yeah, I can't believe I did that. It, it, <laughs> the uh, the whole Thanksgiving threw me off. I thought I had taken DeAndre Swift out. I I I loved DeAndre Swift for that matchup if he played, mm-hmm. but um, you know, and I I thought I had taken him out the day before at work, and I thought I had put Nick Chubb in, and next thing I know, I'm you know, I'm scrambling on on. Thanksgiving to get him out of my other lineups. And then I'm, you know, checking through all my other lineups for my other season long leagues. And I never, never even thought about checking this one. And and when I went and checked, I kind of checked the live scoring to like during, during the game, just to see, you know, how many people had what going on. And then I saw that I had Swift in there. (laughs) And I was like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe I did that. And so, yeah, that, that one, that one hurt a little bit, especially, knowing what Nick Chubb did then. Well, Ben and I appreciate you not using your cheat code <laughs> in order to take <laughs> Swift out of that lineup, you know, that day. But, you know, you had a little faux pas, and I had a little faux pas as well on uh, last week, Baby Bowl. It is crazy during the holiday season and all. And Ben was telling us before the podcast that he's already getting his lineup all ready together for the Baby Bowl this week. And I'm thinking, man, I am so far behind already. You know, it seems like. But on a Thanksgiving week for a little bread man, it really makes things complicated. And I'll be honest with you, my feet were my feet were up and I just was relaxing and I wasn't thinking about much of anything, just watching some football, getting the, uh, little, the finishing touches on the Thanksgiving dinner and all that. And so I didn't even think about it really. And I didn't think about my baby bowl lineup until Sunday afternoon after the first games had already started. So I I was really like, oh, 
did I even set Baby Bolt line up? And I went and looked, and I'll be, I hadn't set it yet, so I still had the second half, and then what it seemed like forever now, how many games got pushed off into the, the later tier of the uh, football season. So I had to pick from the second half of Sunday's games, which really wasn't that many games to choose from. So I I, I was kind of behind the eight ball too, uh, Rob, so don't feel too bad, okay? So <laughs> I'll get around to my players here eventually, all right? I'll, I'll just get around to my players eventually. But you also coupled that uh, Cooks and Swift with Herbert, uh, who should have had a better game, it feels like, in Buffalo. That's one of the things about fantasy football, Ben, that I've really come to realize this year. I think out of the three sports, you know, the major sports, basketball, baseball, and football, Football feels like it's almost the least predictable. I, I, I don't know if that's right or if that's wrong, but I wanted to get both of your feelings about that. If I could predict a game, I think I could predict baseball better than I could predict football or basketball, Ben. I don't know if you played fantasy sports in all three of them or not, but uh, what are your feelings about the predictability of football? Yeah, I mean, I think I tend to agree with you. I, um, I I guess the best way I can put it is I've dabbled in some of the other fantasy sports, but the um, you know the day to day management of a lineup tends to get a little um, you know a little bit too much. So I haven't played the others nearly as much. But um, yeah, I, I could definitely see that, especially from the sense of maybe like an analytics standpoint, whereas football is quite a bit behind the eight ball, especially especially compared to baseball. Um, so there's not nearly as much of the uh, the statistics and the analytics behind it. It's more just a uh, um, gut feeling sort of a game. It feels like with fantasy football, and uh, and if that gut feeling's not right, um, you know, a lot can change during the course of a game. Injuries, weather, things like that, seems to impact mm-hmm. football maybe more so than some of the other sports. Yeah, and I think we can recognize some trends in football, but that doesn't always mean that that's the game plan. You know, uh, there's so many other factors. There's 11, 11 guys on the field on your side of the ball, and then there's 11 guys on the other side of the ball. There's a lot of different factors in that. Rob, what are your feelings about the predictability of football? So it's funny. I'm I'm big into all three in terms of fantasy sports. I I do especially baseball. I do a ton of stuff with baseball leagues and and then things like that. So I've talked about this with, before with with other people, and I feel like so on a day to day basis and a game to game basis, I think basketball is the most predict most predictable mm-hmm. in terms of. Like, for example, you know, if you have LeBron James, you generally know he's getting you at least 15 to 20 points minimum. And if he has a good game, you know, he's going to get 30 to 40 points. You generally know kind of what you're getting from your players on a game to game basis in a, in a general range. Um, football or baseball, I think, in terms of hitters is the most unpredictable on a game-to-game basis. Mike Trout, for example, could go 4-for-4 four four with two home runs, or and the next day he could go 0-for-4 with three strikeouts. And so, but at the, at the same time, I think baseball and basketball are the most predictable year-to-year stats. And I think yeah. football is the most unpredictable in terms of year-to-year and, like, I guess like when you when you think the value changes week to week more than any other sport. I don't know if that makes all makes sense, but that's how it, it seems to me. Well, and that's, you know, when I saw your uh, Herbert 
pick at quarterback, I was like, man, see there, he looked like he was in a pretty good spot against Buffalo. And then he got factored the fact that they're getting on a plane early. They're flying to Buffalo, you know, just all these things. And it's like, come on, man, you get, you're putting all this in my football calculator. I just don't know if I can come up with the answer. Fellas, I put Brady in as quarterback last week. And once again, I was behind the eight ball because all I had was the afternoon games, but I was really considering Brady anyway. And he had a pretty good matchup last week. I, I felt like against the Kansas City Chiefs, just because they'd have to throw the ball all over the place. So I was able to pick up Brady. You guys used another running back last week that had a great game in Gibson for the Washington Redskins. Both of you guys coupled him up last week. And I ended up uh, with two running backs that I was very pleased with that I was going to play, I think, regardless of the matchup or of the situation for me. And I picked Latavius Murray and David Montgomery last week, which I thought was a really good pairing. And I think that uh, we can look at Latavius Murray, Ben. I think we can look at him as kind of being the running back in New Orleans right now, as long as uh, Taysom Hill is under center. I think Latavius Murray has always been the running back this year, and Kamara's been more of the receiving explosive back. Yeah, it's been interesting to kind of watch how that's played out here over the last couple of weeks. Um, I, I've noticed that, uh, I mean, like you said, Latavius Murray's, um, he's always kind of gotten that usage as the quote-unquote running back there, um, whereas, you know, Kamara's always handled the receiving duties, but... Uh, you know, with Taysom Hill there, uh, there's definitely not a lot of receiving duties to, to be had. Um, and I was noticing that Latavius Murray, I mean, he's had 12 or more carries in both the games here so far with uh, with Taysom Hill. So he's definitely trending up. And, and that was a great pick by you this week to, to play him uh, in that matchup. That's for sure. Well, you know, whenever you narrow the pool down, I might be able to find a little needle in a haystack a little bit easier. I think all I had was eight eight running backs to choose from at that point. You picked Nick Chubb uh, as well, Ben, which was a great choice. So you really put those horses in there and let them run. And Rob, you, you made the terrible faux pas. I'm going to write this on every baby bowl bathroom wall that I can find. Okay. Do not take the backup running back. As, as somebody, you know, we, we try to squeeze the juice out of all these players, right? But it just seems like every time we put a Brian Hill in there like you did last week or any kind of running back that's substituting in for that stud, they just never come to fruition for us. I know. it's 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 been bad this year for the most part. Um you know, it seems like when we when we try to do it, because, you know, the the idea and the theory behind it is good, considering we have to start 32 running backs at a minimum on on the year and that's if you only play two per week you could play three on some weeks so you know the idea behind it is to like you said squeeze the juice out of those guys while you get the chance and so far those guys have let us down like brian hill and geo has let us down uh, a lot of weeks and and duke has let us down most weeks um madison the one week was super popular and he let us down um so yeah it's it's it hasn't gone well for those guys. You know who I ended up playing? Because I, I wanted I, got, I have a plethora of running backs to be able to choose from. And I was going, because I, I had Brady, I had Montgomery, I had Murray, and I was thinking they all had really good matchups. And I said, ooh, there's another one with a good matchup, and it was somebody that I was considering playing anyway because they was going up against the Seattle Seahawks, if I'm not mistaken, Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders put up a clunker, fellas. What are they doing not handing the ball off all the time in Philadelphia? Maybe they don't have the offensive line to run the ball, Ben, but it just seems like to me that they need to lean a little bit more on the run to give Carson Wentz a little bit of a break. Yeah, I did notice that their offensive line is definitely banged up. I mean, the the offense as a whole is just, uh, they seem to be a little bit lost right now. 
I know prior to this week they had mentioned that uh, Jalen Hurts was supposed to be, you know, seeing reps at uh, start, you know, the starter reps in practice, but I think he only threw one pass. I don't know what his snap percentage was in the game. So uh, that whole offense as a whole kind of seems to be, um, I don't know, second guessing themselves or, you know, just not quite doing, you know, what they should be. And, and I definitely agree on Sanders. I mean, he, he was smashing before what he got hurt for a couple of games this year. And then, uh, and then, yeah, all of a sudden he comes back and I think he only got like six points this week. Yeah. Don't, don't rub it in. Uh, I thought, I thought too, the game script was going to set up perfectly for him with being able to, even if they got down by some points that he'd be able to get a reception or two here and there with that Seattle defense. I know they're coming on. I know they look a little bit strong. I really wanted to save Miles Sanders for this week. And we're going to get into those games a little bit later against the green Bay Packers who just, they can't stop the run at all. But uh, I, I had to play somebody because all of a sudden, whenever I got to my wide receivers, guys, because it, 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 this is an elimination tournament, right? I had already used a lot of players. Yeah, let me tell you about my wide receivers. I ended up choosing Antonio Brown because I wanted to pair him up with Tom Brady a little bit there, and I wasn't quite sure which one was going to pan out. It sure wasn't Brown. And then the other one, and I'm telling you, I didn't have a lot to choose from, okay? I, I, ended, up, I ended up going with Sanders from New, the New Orleans Saints, and... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that I was thinking maybe revenge game against Denver. He might find the end zone, right? I was thinking something like that. Not even close. Not even, not even close. One, one reception, I think the entire time for me. Now you guys were able to put Ridley in that lineup and I don't think we got quite the Ridley performance that we were expecting, but he still was a strong performer, uh, Rob. Yeah, he, uh, he was, he was definitely a guy I liked a lot this week and I, you said it best. Like I expected a better game out of him, and I mean, he still gave 17 points. For me, um, I was kind of deciding between him and Justin Jefferson. I kept going back and forth, and you know, I wish at this point I would have I would have went Jefferson. He had a bit better game, but um, I wasn't upset with with the 17 Ridley gave me. Yeah, and you did choose Justin Jefferson, Ben. It it almost seems like to me that Jefferson is starting to become that guy who has that safer floor, even than Thielen. Jefferson's just that guy that almost gets you 20 each week, depending on the format that you're playing in, though. And Thielen can kind of be up and down. I know he had COVID last week, but Thielen could still be a little bit up and down, boom or bust kind of a situation. Yeah, it's been a little bit surprising because when they had Stephon Diggs on that team, it was um, uh, certainly the opposite. And, and I think many expected Jefferson to kind of step right into that Diggs role where, you know, the maybe the target floor wasn't quite there, but the big play potential was. And uh, and and he's somebody that I had grabbed in a couple of redraft leagues earlier this year and, and actually dropped because he was just a late round flyer. And it was kind of like, OK, like, let's see who else I can grab a tight end or something. But uh you know, certainly regretting that decision at this point. Um, like you said, I mean, with with Thielen having uh, having COVID this week, or at least out on the COVID list, um, you know, seeing the position that Minnesota was in, uh, it, it just certainly looked like one of those opportunities to play Jefferson, and and thankfully it paid off for me with it, at least in baby bowl. Well, yeah, some baby ball. And Cooks being a little bit banged up last week early on in the game, they may have been forced to throw the ball a little bit more than they really wanted to going into it. All right, and then you had the tight end. And, Rob, I was thinking about this. You know, we've toyed around with the idea of defenses for next year, possibly. And maybe it's a tight end slash defense. You could put either one in there because defense, <laughs> the, the tight end position is getting really thin as well. Uh, ben, you ended up putting Goddard in there, which was a good choice. I think before Ertz came back, you were able to get all 
all the usage out of him that you could. Uh, Rob, you ended up with Hunter Henry, and I ended up doing the Gronkowski and pairing him up with Brady last week. But it was either him, I think, or I had like one other choice. I don't know. I, it, was, it was really thin, but I think Gronk was going to have a good game anyway. So good job, Ben. Way to put up 173. That's near the top of the leaderboard, I think, for the entire season, man. That's a great job. Great lineup. Yeah, appreciate that. It uh, you know felt good to to have another good week. Um, like we had kind of hinted on the uh, the overall standings. Um, I had had a bad week uh, the week prior, and I had dropped down to eleven. So at least trying to to you know keep my head above water here and stay in the top ten. So luckily this week kind of put me back up in uh, believe it or not the top three, as Rob had mentioned earlier. So <laughs> feeling good going into the last three weeks of the season. I think what we got is that three weeks left. Uh, maybe four weeks left. So feeling pretty good going into it and just hoping to keep the ball rolling. It is through 16 weeks, right, Rob? Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So that would be four, four weeks four for weeks. us. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Four, four full weeks or who knows how many, how long that'll feel yeah. at the end of things with COVID and game. Look, look, now listen, fellas, this is something I thought about today. I, in my lifetime, I was able to see Monday night football, right? Because we used to always have Monday night football a long time ago in the 70s and stuff like that. We had Monday night football. But there was not Sunday night football. I remember there was a day and a time before there was Sunday night football, okay? So I was able to witness Sunday night football. Now I've been able to see Tuesday night football as well this year, right? I, I, it was, I, I never used to be able to watch Thursday night football growing up as a kid. That just didn't happen. So now I've had Thursday night football. I've had Wednesday football i am missing friday football because usually during the playoffs you know we get to see saturday football i am missing friday football that's all i'm missing and then in my lifetime i will have had every day of the week and and growing up as a kid i never would have thought i would ever be able to watch football every single day of the week in my lifetime anyway that that's pretty neat yeah definitely pretty weird yeah yeah i was gonna say it's definitely definitely something that you know i never thought uh even even for me as a kid and now you think about the basketball too. Whenever they came back into the bubble, they were playing basketball games at just weird times as well. Just a strange year, the 2020 year. But one thing that's not strange is this Baby Bowl tournament that we have, Baby Bowl 2020, with founder Rob Norton at Norton0723 on Twitter. Make sure you follow him over there. You can follow me on Twitter as well at Lofinet on Twitter. Don't forget to follow the show at FI Today with a little underscore. You can head over to Anchor FM. You can find not only this Baby Bowl but podcast, but all the podcasts that are here on the Fantasy Impact Today Network. Make sure you subscribe if you don't mind. If it happens to be on the iTunes app, slap those stars around leave a review leave a comment on whatever platform you like listening to this podcast on and that always helps out the podcast and don't forget to follow my friend our friend the two-time baby bowl champion ben c on twitter the extra point ff ben you are a really good follow believe it or not i mean i'm just a little bit envious of your twitter line to be honest with you (laughs) well i appreciate that it's uh something that i um got lucky enough to grab um back when i uh I guess when I first created my account, uh, I'm surprised to be honest with you that that handle wasn't taken. But uh, I appreciate the fact that you know the plugging me as a good follow, and uh, you know certainly um, fantasy football is my my key thing on there. But uh, try to have some fun on there as well. No, and you gained a little bit of traction this week uh, as well because you thought you spotted a burner account 
by Matt Patricia, actually, didn't you? And you, you posted that, and that's that that was that became very popular. <laughs> yeah, it's something that I never thought would have taken off. Um, it's something that was brought to, I guess, just my attention, just you know, scrolling my feed um, back in September. Um, somebody else had kind of called it out as a possible burner, but the account—it's funny—the account went silent until this week, and uh, and started, you know, tweeting out there some Matt Patricia, um, you know. In defending his honor at, what, at least it looked like that so I mean just me as just a casual Lions fan just kind of put that out there and and like you said it it definitely gained some traction um the local like Detroit sports uh radio station wrote a little article about it put my tweet in there um Deadspin wrote an article about it I mean it was just kind of one of those things I'm like I mean when this thing comes out and it's just some uh somebody trolling everyone I'm gonna feel like the guy that <laughs> you know set everybody up but uh <laughs> I mean, it was just, I, you know, having fun with it for a couple of days this week. Um, and it's funny you bring it up because uh, just this afternoon, somebody um, at least claimed that they were the one that was running the account and posted a video switching back and forth between their main account and the uh, and the one there that uh, the Eddie P, as they had called themselves. And uh, I mean, so apparently it was a troll the whole time. But um, I mean, I, I was laughing about it the whole time, kind of fully expecting it to be and just uh, just kind of having fun with it this week. Yeah. And, and Rob, you even had a viral tweet, I guess, something that caught on fire. I've never had a viral tweet. I've never had a fire tweet. So I don't know what that feels like, fellas. I'm very <laughs> jealous. I, I, I'm not that. But uh, you had one where you're asking a very interesting question, I thought, Rob, last week or, or uh, in between the last time we've been able to talk. And I can't remember for the life of me what that question was. It was about uh, where you would draft or how you would rank the rookie uh, wide receivers. Oh yeah, yeah. I put I put that out there. I was thinking about it, and um, you know, I I uh, put it out there. How for people? How would they rank their top ten of of this rookie class in terms of just PPR twenty twenty one redraft? So you know, obviously you got Justin Jefferson, CD Lamb, uh, Chase Claypool have kind of been the three that have really been kind of the well T Higgins I could you could lump in there too before Burrow went down um but you know there's a lot of there's a ton of talent in this in this class this receiver class especially so I was interested to see in all, in all the responses and and uh I was kind of kind of surprised with some of them because I I thought for sure Jefferson was going to be the one that was almost unanimously first considering like how historically good his rookie year has been but there was a lot of, there was a lot of people that had him even down down to four, which was kind of shocking to me. So, um, but yeah, yeah, it was, it was, it, that one got a lot of, a lot of love. So now Ben, our pool has narrowed down since we're in player elimination tournament here in the baby bowl. How many players are you comfortable in saying that you have left to be able to play over these last four weeks? Or are you like going, Holy cow, I am, I am at the bottom of the barrel here. No, I, you know, it's funny. Surprisingly, um, I was kind of eyeballing it uh, today before coming on with you guys. And, and some of the names that I have left, I'm, I guess I'm almost surprising myself a little bit. I think that I was kind of uh, kind of guilty of some of that, um, like overthinking it early in the year. Like week one, I played Marvin Hall for the Lions because Kenny Galladay was out. So like I was kind of overthinking some of these like, you know, replacements over studs in the beginning of the year. So looking at some of the guys that I've still got left and I'm actually feeling pretty good. I mean, still got. McCaffrey, hopefully he comes back after this bye week. Um, Michael Thomas, I've still got DK Metcalf, Russell Wilson, um, all still on the board for me. So kind of looking at it, I'm, I'm really hoping that 
um, I can finish strong here over the next couple of weeks. All right. Well, over these uh, next games here on Sunday, I guess, because uh, we don't have a Thursday night game this week. So on Sunday, I think some of the higher point totals are the Cleveland Browns versus the Tennessee Titans. That one's sitting at 54 right now. The Jaguars and the Minnesota Vikings are fit, sitting at 52 and a half. The Colts and Texans sitting at 51. So there's some of the higher point totals. And uh, also Denver Broncos at the Kansas City Chiefs are at 51. So those are the guys that are sitting up there kind of in the point totals for the games that we kind of key in on but give me give me a couple of quarterbacks and and for the baby bowl purposes i want to find maybe one or two quarterbacks that you like and then one sleeper quarterback that maybe you gotta people have to think about playing because they've already used up all their quarterbacks in the baby bowl and they gotta be like okay i gotta find one that's gonna hit this week so rob give me two quarterbacks that you like this week because of their matchups and uh then give me one that you think is a sleeper Okay, so in terms of the higher end guys, um, you know, I really, I really like Rogers this week, and I really like um, Russell Wilson. I mean, if you have if you have both of those guys left, um, both of those going against pretty pretty solid matchups. I know the Giants and and the Eagles have been a little bit tougher, um, but I think a lot of that was kind of earlier in the year too, and and um, so. Uh, I, I, if you have those guys left or honestly, we're at the point where if you have any of the studs left and there's only four more weeks, you're only playing four more quarterbacks. You, you're, you need to get those guys out there. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms, in terms of like, a um, somewhat, I don't know how sleeperish this guy is, but, um, Ryan Tannehill, I, I, you talked about that Cleveland, Tennessee game, both those teams run at a, actually a pretty decently fast pace. And um, both those teams are, you know, allowing a lot of yards through the air and a lot of a lot of points to opposing quarterbacks. So Tannehill, Tannehill's a guy that I'm I haven't used yet and I'm heavily considering this week. Boy, he he, he thrived last year on the play action pass. And since yep. Eric Henry going to vulture all of John U. Smith's touchdowns. Uh, he's going to be able to, you know, Tannehill's really going to be able to thrive, I think, the second half of the season, um, especially at home where the, the weather just doesn't get to, too terrible there in Tennessee. All right, so Ben, our champion for Week 12 of the Baby Bowl, looking ahead to Week 13, do you have a couple of quarterbacks that's your eyeballing that I need to pay attention to? And then go ahead and give me one of your sleepers. Yeah, so I would say just kind of looking more in that um, like that middle tier of guys for me. Um, unfortunately, I've used most of the studs. Um, Russell Wilson is one that I haven't used. Um, and you just mentioned him, Rob. He's actually somebody that personally I'm going to hold off one more week because the Seahawks have the, the Jets in week 14. So I'm going to wait for that matchup um, to roll out Russell Wilson. Now, knock on wood, that he gets through the week healthy. Um, but looking at some of the mid-tier guys, I've got Kirk Cousins, who's got 300 yards and three touchdowns each of the last two weeks going against the Jaguars. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Phillip Rivers, that you had mentioned that over-under um, in that game against Houston. Um, Phillip Rivers has kind of come on here over the last month of the season and uh, and had some nice games, posting like 16 points in like four of his last five matchups. So, um, those are two of kind of like those middle tier guys that I'm really looking at this week. 
I got you, that cousin. Do you have a sleeper, or are you guys just going to – I mean, because you say Tannehill. Tannehill's not that much of a sleeper. I, Tannehill's <laughs> kind of a stud, baby. I know, I, but but you guys are just letting me do the sleepers because you know I'm down there at the bottom of the barrel looking at things anyway, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I, let's go, go, go ahead, Ben. Go ahead, Ben. All right, yeah, so if you're looking for a sleeper, Wes, I think I've got a name for you. Um, how about Micah Glennon for the Jaguar Vikings? Hi. Okay, I, I like that. They're going to probably be having to uh, throw the ball a lot, I'd imagine, against Minnesota. I also think that if, if Mitch starts again, and Ben, you and I both know that Mitch Trubisky sends, seems to have some good games against the Detroit Lions, and that's actually the first game of the year where I started Mitch, and he ended up having a good game against those Detroit Lions. I don't know what it is, uh, but but how fired up are those Lions going to be because we see that a lot of times where a team, after a coach gets fired, they come out just Guns a blazing, man. I, I so that's what has me hesitant about Mitch this week. Yeah, I mean you're not wrong, honestly. That's uh, some of those coaching changes, like the week after. Or so uh, th- those matchups tend to scare me. I mean, you look at what some of the other teams that have fired their coach already this year. I mean, the Falcons they were terrible on defense, and then they fired Dan Quinn. Gosh, I can't think of the interim coach there, but I mean that defense has played quite well as of late. Um, and then, I mean, even looking at the Texans after Bill O'Brien was gone, I mean, they've kind of turned turned a corner here as well. So it's, uh, yeah, I mean, it's kind of scary. Uh, I know the Lions have been, um, I mean, teams have been feasting against them. Um, but, I mean, looking at the Bears offense, uh, you know, I guess I wouldn't shy away from them, but I'm always skeptical after a, a major change like that happens. I mean, the team can really go one way or the other. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right on that. I think I got some big names left. Uh, of course, if Patrick Mahomes uh, going against the Denver Broncos, but Mahomes had like 400 yards passing in the first half last week. I don't. I was I was shocked that they let, they let off the gas a little bit. I thought for sure he was going to end up getting a record with Tyreek Hill. I just thought that that was going to end up happening somehow, some way. But it, they didn't. They let off the gas a little bit. And uh, if you haven't used Fitzpatrick yet, I don't know. I don't know if Tua is going to play or not, but man, that offense looks so much better whenever Fitzpatrick is behind the the center and it just you know kind of guns a blazing there in Miami. So I really like those kind of guys uh, going this week just against the Cincinnati Bengals. It looks like there'd be plenty of opportunity for Fitzpatrick. Okay, Ben. Uh, now running back is getting scarce as well, I'd imagine, because there's you, you, you know we can use two of them, and so you could use three of them, I think, actually in the Baby Bowl. So maybe you've already burned all those bridges, but if you had any of them to choose from, give me two of your favorite running backs and one sleeper running back. Yeah, so kind of getting back to that uh, um, Lions-Bears matchup, uh, David Montgomery is is absolutely someone that I'm not going to shy away from playing. Um, I mean, coaching change or not, the Lions defense has been awful against, uh, against running backs. David Montgomery actually looked pretty darn good last week against the Packers. Um, who I would say have a better run defense than the Lions. And uh, so he's he's someone that personally I haven't used yet and, and definitely someone that I'm considering rolling out this week um, as a starter. And then uh, someone else that I'd be looking at would be someone like Raheem Mostert. Uh, I haven't mm-hmm. played him yet either. I'm going against the Bills. He looked healthy. He looked great this last week um, and certainly is getting the heavy share of that backfield now. Um, depending on certainly what's going on with Tevin Coleman if he plays, but uh, he's someone that I'm eyeballing um, as uh, I would definitely consider more of a stud, but with as much as he's been hurt this year, haven't had many chances to play him in uh, in the baby bowl. Um, and then uh, 
talking about a sleeper, I guess I'm not sure if you call him a sleeper or not. I'm looking at J.K. Dobbins. Uh, it sounded like he could have played today um, based off of testing for COVID, but the, the Ravens decided to keep him out. Um, the Ravens still have the um, Cowboys coming up, and we saw what Antonio Gibson did to the Cowboys on Thanksgiving, putting three touchdowns on the board. Um, if J.K. Dobbins grabs that backfield like a lot of us were predicting prior to this game getting pushed back three times, uh, he could be in for a big game this week, I think. And, and you know, we, we want a little risk-reward there. And if if Dobbins is not cleared, I would say people still have Gus Edwards, uh, maybe even Ingram, because Ingram had been uh, so much time on the injured list. And if not him, whoever that the fourth Hill, Justice Hill, uh, mm-hmm. they could probably slip any of those guys in there just in case J.K. Dobbins isn't able to go next Monday night. That's a good list. That's a good list. I like that. What about you, Rob? Who are a couple of your favorites? I guess it's hard to find a, a sleeper running back. I have one, but that's just because it's me. <laughs> yeah. Um, like you said, it's get, getting kind of thin. I love the David Montgomery call. Um, almost for sure. I haven't used them yet either, and I have them in my lineup right now. So hi, there's a high high chance that I'm going to end up Montgomery. Um he just sees so much work and going against that Lions defense, like you guys mentioned. So, um, also there's the um, the Colts guys, Jonathan Taylor and Naheem Hines going against Houston. Uh, Houston's been one of the worst run defenses in the league um, so far, and and uh, so both of, I like both of those guys. Um, I'll give a little love to my, my guy, Austin Eckler. I, I love Austin Eckler. Anyone who uh, follows me on Twitter probably knows that at this point. And, um, you know, in his first game back, he had 16 targets alone and I believe 14 carries. And he uh, saw a worker, workhorse role his first game back. And, I mean, those 16 targets, that's just – I mean, it's just insane numbers. And um, he was already getting, like um, – once Herbert took over, he was getting targeted a good amount. So, I mean, obviously I'm not going to expect 16 a game, but um, you know how good he is in, in the past game. And so he, he's, he's a guy that um, I always would feel safe rolling out there um, in terms of like a, a sleeper. I know we had just talked about this and how we probably shouldn't do it, but I'll, uh, I'll, I'll say Devontae Booker if, if, um, if, if Jacobs doesn't go, um, you know, plugging that guy in that should get most of the work and they're going against the Jets. Um, so yeah, there's, if, if Jacobs doesn't go, I, I'll be heavily considering throwing Booker in there. I don't blame you. He was part of my sleeper mix. He, he's not, you know, I don't consider him to be a backup because he had been a starter in the league. And I'm just telling you, Devin Booker, he looks very bouncy, you know, as, as our guy John Frisella would say. He just looks bouncy, and that's what he does back there. He's got a extra, I don't know what it, what it is, what he's done, I don't know, but he looks like he's a little bit faster than everybody else uh, out there on the field whenever he gets out there, maybe because he is second string. i, I got to say Boston Scott as well against the Green Bay Packer defense that we talked about earlier that did make David Montgomery look like a number one running back last week, and I think that's what the Green Bay Packers do for everybody. If the Philadelphia Eagles do not hand it to Boston Scott at least 16 times, They are just making a grave error because he should be able to run circles around those Green Bay Packers. And and can can I say Cam Akers might be 
might be time to use Cam Akers right now. I know it's against Arizona. Arizona's got kind of, a, you know, an all right run defense, but it just seems like he's getting more of the touches in Los Angeles than anybody else. Am I right on that, Rob or Ben? Do either one of your opinions on that? Um, I would say it's it's tough with Cam Akers. Um, he looked he looked better in the last game. I, I believe he broke off a big a big run and looked good doing it. And um, I think he punched one in too. So, um, yeah, it's it's so hard. I, I uh, with the Rams have quickly become turned into one of my favorite teams in in heading into the season and one of my least favorite teams at this point because they've just switched their switch their entire philosophy up um, from last year to this year so much and it's such a drastic change and then not only that but week to week they they seem to you know switch even the the running backs up and uh, so they've just been so wildly un- wildly unpredictable that they've <laughs> quickly become one of my least favorite teams in terms of fantasy yeah it's hard to predict that and I know Ben is your guy can we say that Swift is coming back this week Ben yeah, I, I've seen some mixed reports on that one. Um, he's somebody that I haven't used yet either, and uh, and I would say this week's not one that I'm certain uh, I'm not going to target him, especially going against Chicago. Um, I know that you know I think Aaron Jones did okay against him this last week, um, but it, I, I guess I don't know. I haven't seen a confirmed report on on what's going to happen with him this week. Certainly, I hope he comes back. He's looked great um, when he's been playing here over the last month of the season, but. Uh, yeah, I guess we'll see. I mean, as far as I know, it's a concussion, um, which is a bit bit scary that they haven't confirmed that he's back yet when it's been almost two weeks at this point. But, uh, I, yeah, I think that I'd still be avoiding him against Chicago. I think the Lions have some a little bit more favorable matchups coming up if you still haven't used Swift. Yeah, I could, I could see uh, AP in the locker room saying, man, Swift, listen here, buddy. We ain't making the playoffs this year. You you just don't need to come <laughs> back this year. You know, just uh, just go ahead and sit it up on the bench and uh, save your knees. Just you don't want anything to ever happen to you. Let me tell you about what happened to me in Minnesota with my knees. You know, and so he's getting those getting those handoffs. He'll never retire. He'll never retire. I don't think Adrian Peterson will retire. All right. So uh, Ben, what are those uh, other play- key matchups that we got to find a couple of people for? Are the wide receiver position? Give me a couple of your favorite wide wide receivers that you are really keen in on that you think has got good matchups this week and I know I got a couple but I, I unfortunately the quarterback situation has kind of failed me on that yeah I mean looking at some of the matchups here this week I'm I don't have any major studs going um besides potentially Michael Thomas going against Atlanta um certainly he's big household name now with Taysom Hill there he's a I guess a little bit more questionable um as a play it's, it's kind of funny to say that again about Michael Thomas but um mm-hmm. you know a couple of the other guys I'm maybe shifting towards um Corey Davis is actually someone that I'm I'm eyeballing right now um John U. Smith I think has a has a knee injury I think he may be questionable this week um Corey Davis going against Cleveland I think you mentioned Wes that you know they're one of the top three um over-unders for the week Mm-hmm. Um, in regards to points being scored and Corey Davis has kind of quietly put together a really nice last, I think about month and a half of the season. Um, he had a, uh, a goose egg against Chicago, um, one week, but not including that week, um, since week seven, he's put up over 16 points a game, um, on average. And so, I mean, he's really quietly put up really nice PPR numbers here over the last few weeks. Um, so he's somebody that, uh, this might be, um, a week to play him against Cleveland. 
Um, and then even looking at uh, Michael Pittman as somebody, maybe you could kind of consider him a little bit more of a sleeper play. Um, but in that matchup against Houston, um, he's looked really nice here over the last couple of weeks. Um, he's got over 15 points in, in two of his last three games. So he's somebody that I'm looking at has built a really nice rapport with uh, Philip Rivers as well. Um, you're, you're going too fast. I wasn't able to write all those down, Ben. Hey, <laughs> Rob, give me one or two of your wide receivers that you're really looking at this week that you think could be successful um, uh, against some good matchups. So I'm also kind of in the same boat where I don't have, you know, a whole lot of studs left. So, um, you know, obviously, like I mentioned before, if you do have those studs left, I mean, we only have four weeks. So make sure you're getting them in there. But I to expand on Ben's point about Corey Davis, Corey Davis is one that I like a lot this week as well. As we mentioned with the over under, both those teams are fast paced. Both those teams get can get um, beat through the air. And like like Ben mentioned with Corey Davis, you know, he's actually, when you look back at his whole, whole season, he scored double digit PPR points in every single game besides the Chicago game when he had that goose egg. But other than that, every game that he's been healthy has been uh, double digit PPR points, which anyone who's had Corey Davis over the last couple of years would, would never have thought that um, heading into this year. So he's a guy that I like Um, Justin Jefferson, um going against Jacksonville Jacksonville they're just a bad defense all around and um the only concern with him is if they Thielen should be back and I believe they activated him today and they they obviously the Vikings like to run the ball a lot and they really want to pound it with if they get a lead and get going they could take the air out of the ball that's that's always the worry there in Minnesota but that matchup's just so good. He should be able to at least um, get get a few uh, going there. And, you know, one guy I like a lot, even though the matchup doesn't look great, is Deontay Johnson. He's another guy where in every game he's been healthy, he's just been peppered with targets. Like we saw today, I think he had like 12 or 13 targets. Um, it wasn't like a great day or anything. He had a few bad drops, but he's a guy that is going to get volume whenever he plays the whole game. So um, I haven't used any of the, the Steelers guys. I've been honestly kind of trying to, I, 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 it's been kind of a situation where I don't want to pick the wrong one. So I haven't chosen any of them yet. And I've, I've kind of been waiting until like one of them goes down and then I can either use both of them in the same week and like a stack matchup um, that I think is going to be a shootout. But I don't know if that's going to come, so I might have to just start picking, picking and choosing here soon enough because I, I, I do. They are guys that you want to use. So there, there's some other guys. As far as like a sleeper goes, I don't know if you would consider Sterling Shepard a sleeper. Um, Sterling Shepard, he's just been really consistent. I think it was been going back to like last year, or almost like a year or two years. He's had like six targets in almost every single game, or that he's stayed healthy. And he, I believe he has, yeah, five straight, five straight games of, of at least six targets, eight targets in four of those five games. And he's had um, double digit PPR points in all five. Now he, it sounds like Colt McCoy is going to go. So that's something to keep an eye on, but they are playing Seattle, I believe, which Seattle has been, you know, 
they've been coming on a little bit stronger lately, but they've been really beat through the air a lot this year. So, um, and, and it's likely that the giants, especially with Colt McCoy will be trailing. So Shepard's just that guy that's just usually consistent out there week in and week out. Yeah, and I I like that Shepard pick too. He was one of my guys, and then uh, whatever I saw the quarterback situation was going to end up looking like really Colt McCoy a lot. I had to switch off my sleeper, and maybe even not just my sleepers. I, I guys, I I am this this is setting up really nice, I think, for me. And I'm going to completely blow the baby bowl by the time it's all <laughs> said and done, uh, because I, you just know me. I'm going to end up picking the guy, and he's going to get hurt and stuff like that. It just happens to be my baby bowl luck. But I think a couple of the sleeper guys here is a Darnell Mooney. He might be a good matchup mm-hmm. there against Detroit. He is just – he is. if they could give him the ball, if they can get him the ball, nine targets last week, three receptions, 34 yards. Can we not get Darnell Mooney on some kind of <laughs> long throw where somebody can actually complete it more than 15 yards downfield? Because that kid is exciting. He also has Houston coming up, Minnesota coming up, Jacksonville coming up. So some good matchups for the Chicago Bears wide receivers. Unfortunately, they have to play with those quarterbacks, so that may not be a great matchup for any of those guys. Uh, there either. T.Y. Hilton, he's a sleeper as well, and they, they really are trying to get him more and more involved. Pierre always says that on the DFS Dreamer podcast, and he was right last week. He caught a touchdown, and I mean, the whole entire series was T.Y. Hilton, T.Y. Hilton, T.Y. Hilton last week, and so I think that they may be trying to do that a little bit more and more with Philip Rivers there, and uh, if you know, Debo Samuel. You, you got to put him in a lineup if he's not been in a lineup yet. That guy just gets used all the time. And I guess Buffalo, they, they kind of get into shootouts every once in a while. And I think the Buffalo Bills will probably be a little bit, I don't know, jet lagged going into San Francisco. It just seems like the teams that are traveling like that kind of have a tough time traveling nowadays. And Buffalo, they have those ebb and flows. You know what I mean? And they just came off of that Los Angeles Charger victory. I just can see them having one of those down weeks against the San Francisco 49ers. So that's those are a couple of my good little picks, I want to say. But don't let me use them because I still got names like Tyreek Hill. I still got names like Tyreek Hill on my waiting, just waiting. Don't let me sit there and throw three sleepers in there, guys. You can't let me do that at all. All right, uh, last one here, tight ends. I don't know that we have any good matchups for tight ends this week. The tight end situation just looked – I mean, you got to always start at Kelsey, right? You got to always put him in there. But I don't know if I like Darren Waller this week against the uh, Jets. What about you, Ben? Do you like him? You know, he's someone that I've been holding out on using. Um, I've considered using him uh, last week. I think he, well, he was supposed to have a great matchup last week, and uh, and that certainly didn't pan out. Um, but the Raiders as a whole didn't quite pan out last week. Um, he is somebody that, uh, like Rob's kind of been hinting at um, on this episode, is is really just you know, start those studs when, if you've got them and, and Darren Waller looking at the rest of the tight end landscape, I mean, him against the Jets, if he doesn't play well this week, then, I mean, I, I don't know what else to, to believe as far as fantasy football goes. So, <laughs> I mean, I feel like he's somebody that I have to get in my lineup this week. Um, so I'm, I'm not really considering anybody else, at least for me personally, just to, to get Waller in the lineup here um, before the season's done. Okay. I could see that. What about you, Rob? Who are you looking at for tight end? Yeah, unfortunately, I don't have Kelsey or Waller left. Um, obviously, those are kind of been the two guys that have stood out among the rest. So, um, you know, Dallas Goddard is someone I'm 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 eyeing up because I kind of want to get him in there. I don't know if Zach Ertz going to be back this week or not. Um, I think I read that they designated him for return, but I don't know. 
for sure if he's going to end up playing or not. Um, if he doesn't go, I'll, I'll probably throw Dallas Goddard in there. Um, another, another guy that I'm looking at on the opposite side of that same game is Robert Tunyon. And, um, you know, he's he's been – uh, pretty solid this year. I can, I mean, especially considering the tight end landscape. So, um, he's, he's a guy that, um, I would, I would consider. And, you know, a couple others, if, if Fitzpatrick plays, Gasicki's a guy that you can kind of be more confident in. Um, and, and Trey Burton against Houston, um, Burton's kind of been up and down a little bit and, surprisingly stayed healthy this whole year um but but yeah he uh he he'd be one that i'd look to too yeah and and jordan reed you might have want to stick him in there because there's those rumors that kittle's going to end up coming back i i don't doubt him I, i'm not going to doubt george kittle he'll go out there with a cast on his foot you know <laughs> george kittle I, i'm not scared at all and i'm glad i wasn't able to play akins last week jordan akins from the houston texans and of course with uh, Will Fuller being out now, the rumor is, you know, they're going to put Aikens in the slot. There's going to be a lot more passes going to the tight end and everything. So that may be somebody or even who's the guy? Fells? Is that the other uh, tight mm-hmm. end there in mm-hmm. Houston? You know, we got four weeks left, so you don't want to burn too many of those guys um, that that maybe don't have big names and the target share hasn't been there. But Jordan Reed, he did have those targets. He had six targets last week, so that's kind of respectable for a tight end anyway. And I really hate that Evan Ingram uh, now has Colt McCoy as the quarterback, and I don't know how long that's going to be. But uh, I, I just got a bad feeling about Daniel Jones being out for more than one week. So, uh, unfortunately, I'm going to hold off on using Evan Ingram if I haven't used him yet and hope that uh, – see what see what Col- see how the connection is with Colt McCoy as quarterback. Mm-hmm. Guys, this, I wonder if Colt McCoy shaves yet. What do you think about that? Because last time I saw him as quarterback, it just didn't look like he had shaved ever in his life. <laughs> As I say, you know, it's funny that you even bring him up because um, I had somebody in a group chat mention earlier, um, like when that game was on, he's like, you know, every once in a while, I'm just kind of hanging out on my couch. And and, and I realized that Colt McCoy is still in the NFL. And uh, (laughs) and I had to look it up because come to like, I was like, oh, my gosh, you're right. Like he's been it's been so long. And and thinking back to he backed up Vince Young back in that Rose Bowl of Texas versus (laughs) USC. It's just crazy to think that he's been around as long as he has. You know what's you know what's crazy too is uh, I, I saw some some other analysts poking fun at this, but that considering how you know he's not a running quarterback to begin with, and like you said, he's been around for a while, so he's getting up there a little bit. And Jason Garrett actually dialed up a a quarterback sweep with Colt McCoy on a second and ten. Like I I, I don't know, I don't understand where you. <laughs> Where you think to yourself like that is a great a great play call for the situation, unless you just really think you're going to catch them completely off guard, which I'm sure they did, and it still didn't work. But it just <laughs> that was just something that I, had me had me laughing when I saw Colt McCoy design quarterback sweep on second and ten. <laughs> it's like you know what that was. Jason Jason Garrett went and saw a college game when he was in Dallas, and he saw Colt <laughs> McCoy playing when he was a young man. So he he was having those flashbacks that Colt McCoy was still a young man. Uh, that's it. Yeah, that's it's going to be another interesting week. And for the year 2020, maybe Colt McCoy comes out and just tears it up, fellas. Maybe we'll see that happen. I no, probably not. Right? Probably not. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Ben C. 
Congratulations. Good job. You can find uh, Ben on Twitter at Ben C. And what is it? The Extra Point FF? Yes, sir. Yeah. The Extra Point FF is the is my Twitter handle. Um, he said Ben C is my name on there. Um, certainly. Yeah. Um, follow me for all sorts of uh, um, burner account uh, identifications <laughs> and, and whatever else may I may find this week, I guess. <laughs> hey, and not only that, look, if people are out there looking for writers and looking for contributors, Ben is one of those guys that's on my radar as well. But if you get to him before me, I won't be too terribly upset with you because I think Ben has <laughs> enough information to be able to share with the masses. Uh, so make sure Ben C gets a follow on Twitter, the extra point FF. And Rob, of course, you always do a good job and I thank you so much for allowing me to be a part of this baby bowl. And you can find Rob at Norton0723 on Twitter. And I look forward to your article coming out later this week on Friday or Saturday. Yeah, as I say, I just started uh, working on, on that one. I just submitted the the streamers article a little bit ago, so that should be out tomorrow. And then the, uh, the DraftKings article, um, I just started work on today as well and uh that should be out i should probably submit it on friday and it'll probably be out saturday morning okay all right and 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 rob you know it is true we've been able to talk to a couple of people on here and i've been really uh impressed by their ability and their knowledge you know you're not an expert i'm not going to say rob norton is an expert because if you claim that you're an expert that means that you know you know a lot right and we've both uh, concluded that fantasy football is one of those things where we're really just trying to predict the future. We're analyzing the things that happened in the past. So I would say Rob Norton or, or Wes Easley or Ben C is just an analyst of the things that are going on. And I've been impressed by some of these people that we've had on the Baby Bowl podcast and their analysis as they are just armchair quarterback or armchair analysis. Uh, ana- analysts? Analysts. Armchair anal- analysts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree with you. Um, you know, there's a lot of a lot of smart people out there, a lot of people that have a, a lot of good content and a lot of people that are really good analysts and, and can really uh, break it down and have have some good thoughts and do a, do a good job projecting forward as, you know, as much as you can do. Yeah, definitely, definitely can do it. All right, don't forget to follow the show over at FI Today with a little underscore there, and you can head over to Anchor FM. You'll also find the podcast on there. Make sure you subscribe to it if you would, please. Tell your friends about it. And we're trying to round up people, right? We're trying to keep the excitement going for the baby bowl. And Rob, I don't know if you saw it or not. I, I, somebody, what was it? Was 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 it Bensey? Uh, was it a Viridian Global T-shirt company or somebody that was on there already trying to get us to get some baby bowl T-shirts? I think on there, and that was unsolicited by me, Rob. Am I right, Ben? Yeah, yeah, I had seen that on there as well. It's uh, it's fun to see the um, the different you know uh, avenues that have kind of come come about just with the you know the nice group chat we've got there and and just kind of see what this thing's become over the last uh, you know couple months. Yeah, I, I I didn't even expect that either. I saw the Viridian Global and I was like, what in the world? Where'd that come from? And and <laughs> yeah. then I was like, oh, he's trying to get us to do the Baby Bowl one. And, and then of course the uh, Fantasy Stoner had to say, I got I got to get me a shirt, man. I got to get it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> Yeah, that was, that was that was fun seeing that. Good times, good times. Make sure you subscribe to the show. But more importantly than all those things, especially this time of year, we want to encourage everybody to go out and find a way to make a positive impact in somebody's life today. 